friends, this is Anna with Identity-Based Nutrition, and welcome to my podcast, Health for Your Truest Self. By listening to this podcast, you agree to the disclaimer located at identitybasednutrition.com and agree to take full responsibility for your health and well-being. Thank you and enjoy. Hey friends, this is Anna with Identity-Based Nutrition, and I am excited about today's audio because I have a lot to share that I think might really be beneficial for you as you are transitioning into more health. So today we're going to talk about the three questions to ask yourself before you eat. I'm going to give you the five secrets to finding a diet that is right for you. And then three magical little tips that make some really big shifts. So um, I've been wanting to do this audio for a while to just um, give more detailed information specifically about food and the concepts and like mindsets that you need in order to support finding um, this this um, structure, this diet, um, and, and really knowing what to eat. Because there's a lot of times that... Um, we have misconceptions about what's actually healthy, what foods are actually good. And, um, I really want to clear away some of the confusion and hopefully this will be helpful. So it's going to be a little bit of a longer audio. So just cozy up with a cup of tea and your journal. If you want to take notes or if you like to move around and do some busy work that doesn't take a lot of focus, you can you know listen and multitask. Some of the things I like to do, I like to listen to audios and clean out my closet at the same time. So, okay. So I want to start with a foundation, and this foundation is very important for you to understand before we dive in, because there's such a dieting, deprivation, fix-it type of mentality that people get into, even subconsciously when we start to talk about food. So I really want to clear that away and hijack that as quickly as possible by laying this foundation. So remember we are not trying to fix you. Your body is not broken. You are not broken. You don't need to be fixed. What we're trying to do is we're trying to clear the blockages from your body, from your conscious mind, from your subconscious mind, so that your core, your truest self, the you that is wanting to be all that you are out in the world um, can be free. And we're clearing those blockages to really unlock your natural energy and your natural beauty and your strength and your natural capacity and your potential. And when you have a body that that works, that is living in alignment with your your truest self, then then everything starts to just come together. And um, it's it's a process of unlocking and clearing away those blockages from those layers that you may have heard me talk about before, the layers of the body, the conscious mind, and the subconscious mind, so that the, the core of you can be like a light that just shines through clearly through those layers. And you're not you're not fighting yourself, you're not fighting those blockages, you're not having to like um wade through peanut butter, so to speak. I like to say that, you know, when you clear these blockages, it's like life becomes like flowing in a stream rather than wading through peanut butter, you know? So remember this work, this work of, of becoming healthier and, um, 
it's really about living congruently with who you already are, the the identity that's already inside you. This is why we call it identity-based nutrition, because if you start with um, wholeness and goodness and your body's ability to heal itself, that knowing that and, and living from that on the inside, then then the process becomes simply clearing and unlocking what's what's trying to block that. So you need foods that are supportive of that process. And food is just the first step. It's just part of the whole picture of clearing away these blockages. And it's a very crucial part because it can really help you start to feel more alive and more congruent and more um, centered as quickly as possible. So that is the foundation. And I just want to get that really clear. I want you to start to really um, get that uh, just um, really absorb that concept so that you're not coming from fix-it mode as um, we move forward. Okay, so like I said, we're mainly going to talk about food, and um, I am. I want to give you the three questions that I'm, that you may want to start um, asking yourself when you're choosing what to eat, what not to eat. And um, first, before I do that, I, I, I want to say. Um, it's really important, I, and I could have an entire uh, audio just about this one subject, but it's really important to remember that when it comes to food, our minds, consciously and subconsciously, have been programmed um, by you know our environment when we were growing up as children, by the media, you know, um, Facebook and um, you know, radio and the billboards. And even when I was getting fuel today, you know, there's this little, um, uh, screen that pops up when I'm filling up with gas, trying to, you know, program you it's, it's talking, it was talking about Gatorade, I think, and, and what it is you need for, um, hydration. And just remember there's so much programming about what you should eat, when you should eat it, um, what you want that can create so much confusion. So part of the way out of all that programming and out of that confusion is just to ask yourself three simple questions when you're choosing what to eat and what not to eat. And um, the first question is when, when you're thinking whether you're at the store trying to decide what to buy or whether you are um, you know at your home trying to decide what to make for one of your meals. So the first question is, is it alive? So the, the purpose of it being the food being alive is the fact that you are an alive, whole, pure, perfect being, and you need some things that are alive in order to support that life that's flowing through your body. So you can cut through lots of the crap by realizing that live food will support your live person. It's a really simple concept, but it's kind of profound when you think about it. So live foods would be foods that are raw, um, you know, raw vegetables, um, fruits you have to be careful with, but fruits uh, for certain people can work. You have to, there's, there's a whole conversation about that. Um, if you're, if you've got a lot, I'll go ahead and say a few things about that. If you, if you've got a lot of, um, yeast or candida in your system, you have to, uh, for, for temporarily let go of the, the fruit, except for maybe things like berries, grapefruit, and green apples, um, just to keep the, the sugar content really low. Some people do super well on fruits, um, but you'll you'll kind of start to to notice if if your body does really well 
or you can try and experiment and leave the food out for a little bit. Um, because unfortunately food is not what it used to be. It used to be the cleanest food on earth and now it's, it's, um, severely compromised much like grains. Um, so stick to the low sugar fruits and, um, think in terms of a lot of, um, raw vegetables. Um, if you do well on nuts, raw nuts and seeds, things that are alive, they still have the life in them. They haven't been pasteurized. They haven't been over-processed or cooked. That's what it means by alive. And by the way, with these three questions, they don't have to fit all three categories. They just need to fit one of them. So just bear that in mind. It's really kind of challenging to get all three categories. <laughs> so just need to fit one of these categories. Second question is, is it whole? And what I mean by that is there's a big difference between like eating a whole, you know, um, carrot versus, um, drinking pasteurized carrot juice. Or, um, there's a, a really big difference between, you know, eating a whole apple beside, uh, instead of eating, uh, drinking like apple juice that has been, um, it's been concentrated and then it's been pasteurized. And so the way it works inside your body is completely different. So the whole food is, um, the way that God designed it and it, the, it has intrinsically in it all the, the, the enzymes or the fiber or the different things that are needed for your body to know what to do with it and, and be able to digest it and absorb those good nutrients and really assimilate and know where to put things. So your body has all that capacity, but it gets confused by foods that are highly processed, overly concentrated, that doesn't have the fiber, it doesn't have the enzymes. So it makes it really difficult for our bodies to know exactly what to do with those foods. And, and on, on another note, I'm, I'm explaining this in very simplistic terms because I want you to catch the concept. I'm not going to use a lot of big scientific lingo. There, there's people out there that are great at that. It's just not my um, calling or my gift. But um, know that there's a lot of scientific evidence behind this as far as um, blood sugar and hormone balance and different things. So um, just if you, if you want more on that, um, feel free to contact me to reach out and I can give you some really good resources. So, um, second question, is it whole? So, you know, things like, um, even, even if it's not raw, even if it's not alive, uh, if you have like a, a whole, um, like veggies that are in a salad or a whole sweet potato or, um, quinoa, it's a whole grain, um, beets, all these different things, you know, I'm, there's, there's so many wonderful foods out there that are whole. And, um, even if they're not cooked, I mean, even if they're not raw, they're whole. And, and that's the thing to, to remember. Okay. So that's second question. Hopefully I've, I've covered that, um, well enough for you. Okay. Third question is, is it a superfood? And by superfood, um, I'm broadening the the definition of that to include things like supplements because it's difficult to get enough nutrients in your foods in order to um, to to get everything that you need because fo- uh, most of the, the the foods that we eat 
um, are compromised nutritionally. They don't have as much nutritional bang for their buck as they used to. So sometimes supplementing can help. And there's a lot of controversy about supplementation. I do it, but to uh, I do as little as possible, um, and I'm very careful about which ones I use. So superfood would include supplements, things like protein powders. Basically, when you you need to um, to add a little bit of extra. Um, nutrient density. This would include things like green powders, like um, barley green or, or um, the, the raw perfect food from Garden of Life, or maca or acai, you know, some of those popular superfoods. These are more concentrated nutrients. That's really all a superfood is, is just concentrated nutrients that are minimally processed. So your body can still recognize them. Um, the, you know, the live whole food is better. Like for example, I would more quickly have like wheatgrass juice that's alive than like a greens powder, but the greens powder is still good. And sometimes it's more convenient and easier to, to manage, or you like the taste of it better. So it's just kind of important to understand the concept there. So those three questions, is it alive? Is it whole? Is it a superfood? And just ask yourself those before you choose what to eat. And, um, you know, eggs are in this category. Um, meats are in this category because they're whole. Um, they're not, they're not processed too much. So if you have processed meats, that would not be, um, that would not fit these categories because they've just been messed with. And, the more you mess with it, the more you have to mess with it. So the more that you tamper with the original design, the more you have to like counteract it when you're, when you're working with your body, because it's just like, okay, that's not exactly what I'm looking for. Your body's like, I need, I need the real deal. So, um, just remember that. Okay. That's the three questions to ask yourself when choosing what to eat. So I'm going to move on to the five secrets to finding a diet that's right for you. And what I mean by that is that each person has a very unique design and lots of variables. So your age, your background, your, um, your activity level, your gender, what you do in life, whether you're sitting, whether you're athletic, whatever's happening, there's so many different variables. And so, like I said earlier, um, your body knows exactly what it needs in order to heal and it knows exactly how to communicate with you. We're just trying to clear the things that are blocking you from really being able to, to experiment with it and, and listen to it. Um, so when you are, whenever you're trying to find the perfect diet for you, it's an experimentation exploration process because there is no one size fits all diet as much as we love it. And it makes us feel so much more secure by being like, okay, I'm going to follow this book, um, this set of rules. Um, and there's a time for that, but as if you're really wanting a deeper level of health, you have to start to really, um, search for the answers within, and, and to really start to tune into your body and notice the signals because your body will give you the signals in forms of symptoms, in forms of feeling good or feeling bad, feeling energy, feeling lethargic. And as you start to interpret what's going on with those sig- uh, signals and you start to clear away what's blocking you from knowing, it's, it's, uh, it's so amazing whenever you find your sweet spot for yourself. All right, so number one secret. 
Um, especially if you're starting out, um, or you're, you're new to health or you're struggling with making some progress, start by adding those foods that I mentioned earlier, the, the congruent foods, the live whole or superfoods. You don't want to think about dieting or deprivation. You don't want to think about taking anything away because, um, Lots of things in your subconscious mind, which I could get into, but I'm not going to in this audio. Um, lots of things in your subconscious mind will freak out and think that you're on a diet and think that you're going to deprive and restrict yourself, and then it will rebel. And you might have experienced this before when you try to uh, to eat better. You say no, 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 no. I can't have this. I can't have this. I can't have this. And we're so focused on what we don't want rather than focusing on what we want. So the big shift here is to focus on what you want. Focus on adding as much nourishment as possible. So um, if you're new or if you're dealing with um, a fair amount of extra weight, then you have to focus on adding really high quality proteins. So these would be things like avocado and um, coconut butter, coconut oil, um, you know, the coconut products because they give you some really good healthy fats, um, eggs, egg yolks, um, chia seeds, you have to, um, some nuts, if those work for you, make sure that they're raw and organic as much as possible. Those are these things that are going to give you that stability. They're going to make your blood sugar stable, that you're going to feel satisfied, you're going to feel like... Uh, you don't have as many, near as many cravings. You have to really like give yourself a lot of abundance, a lot of, um, it may sound counterintuitive, but you'll actually lose weight by giving yourself the nourishment that you need. So starting by adding those fats, the healthy proteins, things like, um, wild caught salmon and organic chicken and, um, really high quality protein powders. I love the, um, bone broth protein by Dr. Axe that works really well. It helps heal your gut lining. It's very, um, it's very satisfying. I like to put it with chia seeds and some ice and a little stevia and it turns into this like frothy yumminess that man, I just, I can't get enough of. And it's really, it really does satisfy you really well. So, um, so those are some of the healthy proteins you want to add. You want to add the really good carbohydrates like sweet potatoes and beets, like roasted beets amazing. In fact, I have some roasting in my oven right now and I can't wait to eat them. So, and then, um, uh, let's see, um, quinoa is fantastic. Um, teff, amaranth, millet, some of those gluten-free grains. Um, you want to just nourish your body with those things and then nourish your body with, um, the, the live food as much as possible. The, the greens, um, so, so just think about adding, adding those really healthy congruent things. And when you add those, your body starts to relax, it starts to calm down. It starts to have the energy to actually heal, to lose the weight, to give you more energy. When you work for your body, you work with it, it will start working for you and with you rather than staying in that like, um, war with your body. All right. So that was number one, start by adding. Number two, let go of labels. Letting go of labels is a really important part of the process, especially as you are um, transitioning into more intuitive eating, which we'll talk about here in a minute. Um, But labels like vegan and paleo and raw foodist, all those things, you know, they can be helpful at a certain part uh, in your um, transition process. Um, 
And if there is a protocol that you've committed to or something your doctor has recommended or prescribed, by all means, totally commit to it. Commit to it fully and do it. Um, There's some really good protocols out there that'll help clear candida and leaky gut and things like that. So commit to that protocol. But if you're not doing a protocol, I encourage you to let go of the labels um, because labels do not serve you on any level. They do give us a sense of security. Um, but what you want to start to do is not find the security externally in that, you know, that book or that food list or that, um, uh, that concept, but you want to start to find it internally and, and really start to begin to listen to what's going on in your body. And, and that's where you return to the power that really exists within yourself Um, God has given you the wisdom for your body. You have an intuition. You just might not know that you have an intuition and you might not know how to use it yet. And it's okay. That's what this process is about. So see if you can just let go of the labels and start to really just focus on abundant, congruent foods. And um, that can really make a huge difference when you don't feel like you have to align yourself with any particular um, mindset or, um, you know, food religion. So, um, the, the thing here too is, um, just that your body really is the authority here. And so eventually you'll be able to listen to it. You'll be able to trust it, um, as it gives you the guidance about what to eat and, and what not to eat. So that's the thing with labels. Letting go of those can really make a big shift and just focusing on an abundant whole foods. Okay, number three of our secrets is transition. And transitioning is, um, what I mean by that is allow yourself to transition from, you know, where where you are to where you want to be. There's this huge bridge. And um, one of my, uh, someone I consider to be one of my mentors, Natalia Rose, um, she's just a fantastic nutritionist and so many beautiful ideas. She talks about the transition bridge, um, bridging from where you are now to where you want to go. And there is, there are steps along the way that you have to be willing to take. And then once you have completed that step, you don't have to really stay in that mindset or eat those foods anymore. You're ready to move on. And so what might be great for someone in one stage might not be great for someone in another stage. So like at a certain stage in my transition, I really needed um, like sprouted grain breads, for example, in order to um, to, um, not, uh, I was trying to get off of breads and and, um, I was really trying to work on the getting off of the processed stuff and and uh, it was hard for me at first. The idea of not eating bread was like, oh, I don't really know if I could do that. And I want to say that now it's extremely easy. I don't. I can say no to bread, and it's not a problem. And because I just, I just simply don't crave it anymore. But at a certain time in my transition, I really needed like sprouted grain breads to get me through. Um, I needed like gluten-free breads. I just needed that like bready taste and that feel, and that was okay. So. Um, when you, when you transition, the most important thing to learn to do is to trade. So you start to just trade one food for another, not think, not in thinking in terms of depriving, but thinking in terms of replacing. And as you do that, you, you kind of transition from one stage to the next really naturally. Um, 
so I'm going to, I'm going to create a big picture here first, and then I'm going to like zero in on some more specifics, like what specific foods to trade. Um, but, but just remember that, you know, when you're dealing with, um, more physical symptoms in your body, you're, you're not as far on that transition bridge. Um, you have to, you have to be more vigilant about, um, you know, like I said, the healthy proteins, the healthy fats, making sure that you get the the healthy carbohydrates and, and, and you have to really focus on those foods and they may be more food and it may be denser food. And then as you move forward on the transition bridge, some of those foods you may just get to take out completely out of your diet and it's totally fine. Like, um, bread for me, grains for me, it's pretty much completely out. Every once in a while I'll have something, but it, it just doesn't really, um, do it for me anymore. And my body keeps pushing me towards more and more lightness and more and more, um, you know, whole foods. And so, um, you'll notice that this happens and you'll want it more. It won't be like deprivation. It'll be like, Oh, I desire to have an even greater level of lightness in my body. And so, um, that transition will take you to new phases. Um, so early on in the transition, it's especially important to, to learn to trade your foods, as I mentioned before. So the three most important foods to trade are gluten, dairy, pasteurized dairy, and sugar. Those are the first three that I work on with my clients. And those are the big three culprits um, because they cause so much havoc in the body. Not because sugar is innately bad or because dairy is innately bad or because um, bread is innately bad in a sense. Um, it's because of how much that they've been processed and some of the, the components in them that, that make them really difficult to work with. So let's just start with um, grains. Um, I've had people say before, like, how can grain be bad? Like it's mentioned in the Bible about bread and, um, you know, it's such a food that feels like such a staple to most of us. Um, we grew up with it. It feels like what is life with, you know, what is food without being able to have bread, you know, and I totally get that. Um, the thing is, is that grains and and breads are not the same as they used to be even 50 years ago. And um, there's a book out there called Wheat Belly that that um, helps you breaks down the reasons why, and helps you understand the the issues with grains and and why, like I said, even 50 years ago, much less 2,000 years ago, um, grains are really problematic. Um, they they've been they've kind of mutated and they're they're just not the same crop as before, so they wreak a lot of havoc in your body. And, and glutinous grains um, like wheat and barley and rye, um, corn, uh, these grains are just bad news bears. They just are not healthy. They're not life generating. They will really make you feel like you're slogging through life. So um, trade grains for gluten free grains. And these are things like quinoa. And you can do either whole quinoa or I love flaked quinoa because it takes like 60 seconds to prepare. Um, and you can do like an oatmeal or something like that with, um, you know, butter and stevia or coconut sugar or something like that. And it's it's delicious and it's quick. That's a really good trade. Um, you can trade it for sweet potatoes. I love sweet potatoes. I think that they're um, one of the best gifts. They give you really like stability and long lasting energy. They're whole food. Um Things like winter squashes, like butternut squash, spaghetti squash, 
um, beets, all these things will give you kind of that carbohydrate, um, the good carbohydrate um, feeling and, and give you some energy, especially if you're um, athletic or you just need that comfort food during the fall and winter months, a little bit more um, comfort and stability. Um, so trading those uh, is, is fantastic. Oh, another one that's great. I love, um, Tef is my new, newest favorite. It's a, it's a gluten-free grain. It's really more like a seed and it's like the tiniest seed and you can make it into like a hot cereal. Um, and it's, it's fantastic. Super yummy. So trade grains. Um, and so, and, and gluten. So anything that has gluten in it can be really damaging to your body. So watch out for the gluten. Gluten is in a lot of different things. So so just um, just keep an, a, an eye out for gluten-free um, things, and that can really make a shift for you. Um, second thing, trading dairy. So dairy, in a, in a sense, it depends on who you talk to, but um, and this is where you have to refer to your own inner wisdom. But for many people, dairy is a major problem. And the problem is not so much with the dairy, it's when it's pasteurized. When it's pasteurized and it's heated and it's processed to such a degree, all of the enzymes that would normally help your body break it down, assimilate it, digest it, they're all gone. And so it becomes this gluey, sticky mess inside your body. So if you're dealing with things like asthma or allergies or headaches or itchy nose or um, skin breakouts... Um, and you're eating dairy right now, you, that, that just trading dairy could make a huge difference for you. So um, it's one of the things that people are so surprised, even and sometimes after two weeks, and, and they trade all their dairy, the cheese, and the butter's not so much of a problem, but things like cheese, milk, yogurt, um, the, these those things can really be problematic. And so if you trade it for the raw version or for things like nut milks, um, the because um, nuts have like this this nice little creaminess that you you can make a nut milk or you can buy a nut milk that really helps. Um, raw, like I said, raw goat's milk, raw cow's milk, raw cheese. Try that and see how it works. Now, I would I would recommend going off of it for a couple of weeks and see if anything clears up, and then if you want to put it back in, you can. And um, if maybe not when I say put it back in, put back in the raw version. Try raw goat cheese, raw goat's milk, things like that, and see how your body handles it. And it will tell you. You'll start to notice a little bit more of like um, sluggishness and you're, you'll feel stuffy in your head if your body doesn't like it. You might feel like more lethargic, lower energy, or you might have more skin breakouts. So again, your body will tell you. Okay, uh, third thing, trade sugar for things like stevia and coconut sugar. For some people, um, maple syrup and raw honey works really well. Um, and um, sugar is, is, is so destructive. Um, I've heard it called cancer in a bottle, and that is um, probably pretty close to the truth. It is so destructive for your health. There are 22 processes that that the sugar cane, the original form that it was made in, goes through in order to to be processed, and then it's put into everything. And so it literally becomes addictive. And the way that it works with your brain is it becomes almost 
it all it, it lights up the similar place in your brain that that drugs like cocaine would. And so people who have been who studied this will say that it is as addictive as cocaine. So when you transition and you trade the sugar for things like stevia or coconut sugar or xylitol or maple syrup or raw honey, um, you're doing such a huge favor to your body because you're not just pouring in all of those toxins. And I know that it's so hard when you think about like trading sugar or giving up sugar, um, and it's not the cultural norm. And there may be some things to work through, either on an emotional level, um, on a beliefs level, uh, but it is totally doable. And your body and your mind will be so happy. So trade your sugar. And then, like I said, I, I love stevia. I love the liquid um, New Naturals stevia. It's a, like a vanilla cream and um, it's, it's a liquid one. So it's easy to put in things. And I have some packets that I keep in my purse for when I am out and uh, maybe I want to make a little salad dressing for myself and I sprinkle stevia over it and then maybe some lemon, um, or I put it into a beverage. Um, like I said, when I'm out and about, uh, coconut sugar is great because it's it's got about four or five grams per serving, so it's really low on sugar and it's minimally processed. Now, with sugars, you still don't want to go hog wild; you want to be um, reasonable. But it is, um, but but those sugars are really helpful. Um, and, and if your body's not too sensitive to to sugars, or or you're at the place in transition where you you really need um, those kind of innocence comfort foods, doing something like raw honey maple syrup is, is totally fine so long as you're not on um, a protocol like a, a yeast protocol, um, anti-candida protocol or something like that. Okay, so those are the big, the three big ones. And um, the fourth one I that I want to mention that's that can be a big one is corn. Um, corn is, is, um, really bad news as well. And that I kind of lumped that in with the grains section, but, um, uh, corn is not only so full of fungus and, um, and yeast, it's also, um, really difficult for your body to digest. And it's just not the same thing as it used to be. So, um, when you, when you transition off of those things, it, it can make a huge difference for you. So that is number three, transition. And um, the, the this is, again, a process. So be patient with yourself. Trust the process. You'll, you'll slowly be able to let go of certain foods and introduce new ones. And it may feel impossible, but just take it one bit at a time. And um, I think you'll naturally find yourself looking back and going, wow, I don't even crave that anymore. Um, I've had so many clients who are like, I just can't believe that, that it used to be even just a few months ago that I couldn't think about getting through the day without my cookie or my Dr. Pepper or whatever. And now it's just like tastes gross to me. So this is totally possible. Just like your body adapted to confusing foods, it can really adapt to, to the foods that are, are truly nourishing, truly yummy. And that you won't experience the same type of stimulation as you do from from confusing foods. You know the the sugar and the dairy and the um, the glutinous grains. Um, there's a certain type of stimulation that you experience, but what it does is it creates this space where you're not you're not needing to be stimulated by foods. You can actually enjoy real whole foods and be nourished by them, and find the um, the enjoyment and the 
quote unquote stimulation in other areas of your life that you've really been wanting to explore. Okay. So number four is, is learning intuitive eating. And I have been, um, kind of referencing this during the last few, um, little secrets, but, um, intuitive eating is one of the, the things that will really help you find the diet that is right for you. So, um, some people are confused about the word intuitive. Intuitive just means essentially that you're tuning into your own, um, sensations in your body, your, your sense, your, that inner kind of like knowing of like, Oh, I need to head this direction or not this direction. Your, your reference is within yourself, deep inside of you with God. Um, however it is that you, um, understand that to be for yourself. Um, but that you have this divine guidance, this intuition, and that is what we're wanting to create is that intuitive, um, connection on the inside that will, that literally will help you, um, in your eating. So, um, and this is a little bit, maybe a little bit more advanced. If, if, um, if you're just getting started, focus on the first few concepts. And if you're a little bit farther down the path and you feel like your body and your life are asking for it, learning intuitive eating is really key. And, um, I'm not going to go deeply into it because, um, I have a, a book, it's a, it's an ebook and it's called tuning fork. And it is a recipe ebook that, that gives you a lot of tools on how to eat intuitively. And the way I structured it was really helping you understand that, that every desire that you have inside of you layers down to something good. So it's a need that is, it's an underlying need that, that you, um, that you haven't really been able to fulfill yet. And when you understand that every craving, every, um, every hunger layers down to something good and you just need to learn how to meet that need, then you can eat intuitively. So the, the, the needs are things like energy and comfort and satisfaction and nourishment and sweetness. And those are the five basic underlying needs that I set, I use as the foundation for tuning fork, this kind of recipe ebook. So, um, that is available, uh, online and I will put it, um, here in the email. If you want to grab your copy, it's really helpful and helps you, helps walk you through how, how to do that and gives you foods and recipes that are really simple. They're easy to prepare because, um, I don't, I don't know if you're like me, but I, if, I'm not one of those that will spend a lot of time, um, being super gourmet. Um, I, I want something to be quick and simple. Um, I don't want to spend a ton of time on it. And that's why these recipes are centered around simple, quick, easy, um, not complicated so that you can really just be free and live your life and not have to be thinking about food all the time or what to eat and what to prepare. And it teaches you things like batch cooking, how to cook ahead of time, um, mason jar meal creations, just things that can be in your fridge and ready to go where you can, you can just, again, be free to live your life. So, um, that is number four. So number five is, um, I'm going to give you these, the three magical little tips that make big shifts. And these are just little practical tools, uh, that I found with my clients and with friends that seem to help people move from, uh, where they are to where they want to go a lot faster. 
So there's three little ones and they're really small, but they can make a big shift. In fact, I had a client today who was like, oh my gosh, this first one um, that I'm going to tell you about, uh, she just was blown away by how, how much it helped her. So the first little, the first little magical tip is, um, when you finish work for the day, usually, um, there's, there's usually some tiredness or some stress. There's like a lot of overload, uh, whether you are a, um, you know, full-time mom or a full-time worker or whatever it is that you're doing, usually by late afternoon, four or five, six o'clock in the evening, um, before dinner, that little time in between there is it's, it's like kind of overload. And what typically happens in that time is, is, um, for many people is they come home and they don't really know how to give their body the, the rest or the, the space that is needed in order to, um, to kind of clear the, the stuff from their day. And so what typically happens is people run, you know, they kind of go straight to the fridge and, you know, they'll, they'll kind of start to eat because they're hungry, um, or because they're not, they haven't been nourished for the day or they're stress eating, emotionally eating. And, you know, it all makes sense. It makes sense because you've been overloaded by lots of issues, lots of problems, maybe things you're not exactly sure how to navigate. And it just, um, it builds up into this kind of pressure. So what we want to do right in that little window of time is, um, set an intention to give you um, the nourishment that you need and a little bit of rest that you need. And this this little practice will only take you about 15 minutes, um, if that. So the first thing I want you to do right when you get home from work or right at that moment, you know, late in the day um, after you've picked up kids or you're about to do homework or uh, whatever it is, um, right at that moment, I want you to just make a, a protein shake um, that it, it just has like maybe chia seeds and um, water or nut milk and a protein powder. Like I said, I like the the Dr. Axe um, bone broth protein. That one works really well for me. Just make that protein shake and, um, and drink it. And what that's going to do is it's going to stabilize your blood sugar and it's going to help you make a, a good decision about what you're going to make for dinner that night without just feeling like um, you just need to raid the fridge and um, eat anything in sight. It, it stabilizes you. It balances you. And, and when you're stabilized and balanced, you can really enjoy your evening. You can enjoy what you want to enjoy at the end of the day. It's, it's such a, you know, the end of the day is such a special time to, to talk with your family, with friends, to go do something fun, to relax. Um, so that's a, that's a really big key. So the second thing that I would do there as well um, is give yourself about 10 minutes to clear away what you've absorbed from the day. So whether that's taking a quick power nap where you just close your eyes, you just rest for a minute, um, it's set your timer and just, you know, a little put an eye patch on or just close your eyes. And, and just as you breathe, just clear, let's just intend to clear away that day. Some people like to take a bath. Some people like to meditate or do some EFT tapping, which I teach. Um, some people like to, uh, like I said, take a walk or take a um, take a quick power nap. Whatever it is, give yourself ten minutes to clear and drink your protein shake. That will set you up for success for the evening. So that's magical tip number one. And uh, some of my clients have found some really good um, success with that one. Uh, number two, this is for the morning. 
Um, drink a drink a green energizer shake in the morning. It's actually really not a shake. I just call it the green energizer. Um, the green energizer is a um, a little concoction. Three ingredients takes about sixty seconds to prepare, and it is such a wonderful cleanser of your your blood and your organs and your lymphatic system. And it will alkalinize you and it will energize you. I gave the recipe to a friend recently and she told me she's been drinking it every day and she feels so amazing. So um, you can get the recipe for the green energizer and how to make it in the Tuning Fork cookbook or get on my Facebook, um, the Identity-Based Nutrition uh, Facebook page and it has it on there as well. Um, but that one is is fantastic. So it gives you greens in the morning in case you have trouble getting greens throughout the day. Like I said, it cleanses you. Um, friends of mine who've tried it swear by it. So uh, start with that. And then as soon as your body calls for something more, then eat whatever you want to eat. Um, and you can take that with you if you have to head to work. But just start with the green energizer in the morning. It is um, a great way to start your day. All right. So the third magical little tip that will make a big shift for you is... Is uh, it's a huge one, and I think that that it sounds so obvious that people think it's ridiculous or that it's not really that important, but it makes a huge shift, and that is just chewing your food, slowing down, and think in terms of chewing your food until it's liquid, and so that may be somewhere between thirty to fifty times, um, but if you really think about it, you know your stomach it doesn't have teeth. And uh, nothing has teeth except for your mouth. <laughs> so um, when you don't actually chew your food all the way, all those beautiful, wonderful, nourishing nutrients and foods that you're putting in, they can't get absorbed. They're just kind of stuck in this whole form. And so you just don't, you're not actually absorbing what you're putting in. So um, it, it also gives you enough time to signal your brain when you're when you're actually full. So it will really help you. And in this American culture, you know, so is so big about like fast, 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 like fast food, scarf it down. I'm busy. I'm stressed. I got to go, 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 go. And um, it's just not intuitive for the human body. It's not the way the body works. The way the body works is is. Um, is slow, enjoys the pleasurable eating, eating slowly, chewing your food, enjoying connection, like looking at it, smelling it, you know, really tasting it and not just going through the motions and and scarfing it down and moving on. So chewing your food, um, 30 to 50 times until it's liquid is, is huge. It will help your digestion. It will help your absorption. It's a power packed, um, little secret here. So try that, see how it goes. And and I do realize that there are so much information in this, especially if you're new to this, this kind of work. But I really wanted to give you a really comprehensive, um, comprehensive list of foods and concepts and things and, and tools so that um, if you're a client with me or if you're someone who is interested in, in this work and really wants to heal your body naturally and you're tired of the dieting and you're, you're tired of looking elsewhere and outside of yourself for the answers, this hopefully will, um, bring you back home, bring you back to what's within yourself. So, um, take it one, one bit at a time, be patient with yourself, trust the process, 
please feel free to reach out if you need support. I love hearing from you. I love helping with whatever I can. My intention is just to support you as you're discovering health for your truest self.